in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. That was good and chipper. It makes me feel like happier <laughs> already. <laughs> yes, I know. If only, if only they knew <laughs> what, our, what our mornings are actually like. No, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, I I'm excited about today. I know it doesn't seem like an exciting topic, but I feel like. Hmm, what we're jumping into as far as offense and unforgiveness and bitterness. I, I don't know. I feel like that is where the Lord has had me in thinking about and praying about and processing for the last several months. And I think it's a topic that so many of us probably hear so much about of like unforgiveness. We need to forgive that it just becomes kind of, again, just like so many things kind of just numb to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am excited to just touch on this. I know we'll be talking about it more just because it's so huge, unforgiveness and bitterness and like an offense. So anyway, yeah, I, I'm excited to jump in. Me too. Me too. And I, I often, when you start sitting on something, you know, you're kind of reminded, wow, this is all too familiar. So I, I feel like I'll be honest with our listeners right off the bat that I, I don't think this has been something uh, maybe that I've managed as well as I should have. So I feel like I'm right there with many of you. Either there's long-term things that have wounded me for so long and not really letting go of them. Again, we use the language we say we have. But really, when we sit with the Lord, he can show us a little more of our heart. So, yeah, man, I don't have this down, but I, I have down all the good reasons why we need to pay attention to it. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I'm a living story of all the things not to do. So mm, what, as yeah. a, that's not the PowerPoint you want of your life. But anyway, so, yeah, it's going to be good. I think we can go in like different places when we talk about unforgiveness, as I was even kind of processing through that, just kind of touching on three major things. And then I want you to kind of dive in with each one. The first one I feel like is when someone's like, think about someone you want to forgive. I think all of us can maybe think of either someone that's passed away, someone still there, a parent, a grandparent, a a sibling, somebody close to us, a husband, right? Somebody that's like, oh yeah, I need to forgive them. They did this thing. And it's very clear. It's something that happened in the past. Then I think about offense that happens on a continual basis. Yes. And I know that we will jump into that. And and basically that whole verse of God, how many times do I need to forgive this person when it just keeps happening? And the Lord says 77 times seven. So just kind of what that what that means. And then the last one we'll kind of look at is what does it look like when we don't actually know that we're offended with someone or with a group or a church or things like that. And when we're kind of brush it off and how that can actually be sometimes the most dangerous thing of all. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of kind of where we're going. And this is such a huge topic that I'm sure we will be diving in other times as well. But we just kind of want to 
jump in a little bit because this has been on both of our hearts a lot. And we both have had to walk through this just like so many of you guys and continually like this morning, I had to walk through this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great, Marianne. And I, my, again, my mind likes things in little boxes, then I can kind of understand them. Like, let's just break it down. Mary, you were just saying these kind of different categories and like how that affects us in different ways. So within this thing of unforgiveness, I would just say, I kind of realize that people it's, this is a universal thing, like throughout the entire universe, all planet, all the earth. I was going to say planets. Well, I don't think the planets have a problem with unforgiveness. I meant to say, yeah, all the people in all the countries of the world, this is a very universal thing, interpersonal conflicts with people and unforgiveness and all of it. So I'm just going to start with saying, you know, Okay, so this we're talking, the first one we're just going to talk about is in the past. It's not even happening today. It's not happening now. But with that, I just want to start with another little category. And that is all of us have had somebody do something to us. And all of us have done something to somebody else. Right. Now, do, you, do you know that in kind of people who seek counseling, they keep stats on all this stuff. And you know that it is the primary reason why people seek help. It's unresolved conflict. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and what do they bring to the table when they come? They bring to the table something that's been done to them. So there's, there's this anger, there's bitterness. People are tormented by the fact that they can't pay back, especially if the person has died. Sometimes we're talking right. about something in the past, like they got off. How is this fair? Those judgments seep into this person. And the funny thing about judgments is it can become a lens. We just start seeing where everybody's screwing up. Why? Because we're in this place where we're stuck and we're holding this person in in prison, but they're dead and gone, right? So who's being controlled? Who's it affecting? Yes. Oh my gosh. You're the prisoner because you've given this power and this control to somebody else. So in that vein, I would say the other person is the one who is filled with shame and regret, right? And so the, the idea of that is when we have done something ourselves, so right. we cannot forgive ourselves. So right. we're carrying around all this stuff of this, this shame and this guilt that we can almost begin to be trapped in that mantra I'm crap. I'm worthless. This self-hatred. And you know what happens to that is we judge ourselves and we begin to hate ourselves and ruminate on these things where we've made decisions about ourselves. This is like a coin that has two sides. It's either I've hurt you or you've hurt me. It's either I'm angry and bitter or you're full of shame and guilt. Okay. So, so we either wound ourselves or we wound somebody else and we don't make amends. And we carry it around forever. So I just want to start with that. Just another little group of category. Two sides, same coin, different thing, but all the same kinds of problems. So this is a very central problem. So this is not a small issue we're talking about today. So I would say the thing that comes to my mind about somebody in the past, it's, it's all going to kind of be the same. What's the goal in forgiveness? You know, what is God's goal in forgiveness? And so I just want to say, I think the the best illustration of my life 
would, would be my father in my life. And the level that I continued a paradigm after he died, I would just almost, when I talked about him, yeah, my father was this and that, and it was very difficult. Like, that's it. Like, I don't have anything else to say about right. him other than that. And I realized somewhere in this last 10 years, that's, you know, that's a long time because I'm 64. So we're talking in my 50s, began to just feel the Holy Spirit nudge me like, wow, is he really that simple? Do you think he loved you at all? Did he ever do right. anything kind for you? Now, I'm not talking about justification to those of you who have been abused. Right. And I'm not talking about that because there was definitely a level of abuse with my dad. But I'm saying when something has happened a long time ago and you still find yourself with an edge. Right. To look up for in yourself. Like if all you have is sharp corners, if if even there you can't even find anything good, you can find that they have been created by the designer and creator of all of us. And so we don't really know their stories. One of the things that I think comes in with forgiveness that we can tap into is compassion, that we can begin to say, you know what? I don't know how you got here. I don't know if you'll ever be healed, but I know that I can relate to you as a human being and that yes. I, I know what pain feels like. Think about that kind of, it doesn't have to necessarily be a one-time thing, but it can be so long ago and for many of us, obviously, that's going to bring up memories of mothers, fathers, siblings. So that's one that now when I, I spent some time with the Lord, it was called out to me by some good friends. And I, I just have a, a, a quite a different paradigm now of my father. And I'm so grateful for so many things. And the truth is, I, de I definitely think my image of him was definitely distorted. So, mm, so I just good. throw that out to you guys. I think, I think that's such a good point because I think sometimes, like you said, it was just a narrative that you began to have about your dad, not to say that he wasn't, there was definite levels of abuse there. So you don't want to justify that. We want to acknowledge what was happened, but then it's like, I'm sure that you did forgive him over the years in your heart. You were like, yes. Okay, Lord, I, I sit with the Lord and Lord help me to forgive him. But yet why then continually it's like what you said every time you talk about it yes. there's sharp edges and it continues to be this this thing that you can't even see you're like well no i forgive him yes. but it's like every time you talk about him it's only negative and it's always the same <laughs> cutting things yes. and so i think that's actually a really good thing to maybe even sit with somebody that you love and trust to humble yourself mm -hmm. with a spouse a friend a teacher a mentor to sit with them and say okay you've spent a lot of time with me is there any situation person thing that i kind of continually go to that is a continual like thing a story i always tell and you would be surprised mm -hmm. i just the other day i told this story with somebody and i i feel like i never tell the story it was about something that happened in my past and i must have said it sharp or cutting that obviously i was still upset about it and they were like whoa you kind of have mentioned this a few times. I think you have some bitterness. And I laughed and was almost just like, what are you talking about? Like, oh my I'm God. not like, you know, bitter against that thing. And it was like, oh, well, okay. It's just every time you tell that story or every time you talk about that person, it's yes. never in a like super positive light. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really 
think about that. But again, it's just that noticing and that self-awareness. Yes. And again, sometimes we can't even notice it for ourselves. So it's inviting other people in to humble ourselves, to be like, hey, is there people or topics from the past or situations mm. that every time I talk about, you can tell that there's a thorn there. There's yes. a thorn there. And once we can then see it, like you did with your dad, we're not talking about, I know there's a lot of people they are like, oh, I know, I know exactly who I'm angry at and the thorn that they caused. And I'm happy to tell you, I think we all kind of have those, but I'm actually talking about the others too, of, that were like, oh no, no, I've forgiven them. Like I've forgiven them. And it's like, okay, okay. But I think maybe we need to readdress this again because there's yes. some major, every time you talk about it, there's never yeah. joy. There's never positive, just kindness bubbling up inside of us. And that just reminds me of when I was meeting with these gals at the beach every year for a while, for a season. Wow. I remember when all this was bubbling up, I was kind of telling them some of this because we're trying to find some of the core stuff. But I remember how much I began to realize because uh, they, the question kind of was, well, you seem angry about these things sometimes right. and kind of repetitively on these certain things. Lord had me sit to say, okay, is there anybody else? I might've shared this in the last couple of months. I don't remember, but long story short, it's like just what you said, Mary. It's like, I just sat with God to say, who am I uneasy with? Like who, when I think of them, I just feel a little something. Like, right. you know, either I know like they don't like me and no, I don't know. I want to like them because they don't like me or whatever it was. And there were 40, right. 42 people that came right to my mind <laughs> that I put on a list. That, wow. Like, it's not okay. like I could just have them over for tea and everything is beautiful. Right. And now that was, like I said, maybe six, seven years ago, but I want to pull that list out after I've been doing this to say, Lord, I want to talk to them. I want, I want now to say, you know what? I feel this thing. Like I was inspired just by thinking yeah. of those things to say, there are still people even like that. Like I want to go back to quite honestly, everybody, you know what? I remember this thing about the things I did. We'll, we'll move into that here in a minute. But one of the most pronounced things was that I did this mean thing to my first boyfriend. It was mean. <laughs> No kidding. It was mean. And it haunted me for years and in my twenties and thirties. And I'm like, he never knew that wasn't true. I, I set something up to make him jealous and it didn't even happen. And oh my gosh, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, I bet I could find him somehow. I could, find him. <laughs> I, I, I could write him a letter and tell him I'm so sorry. He was so crushed. Anyway, it's like, wow, the things that we block out even when they yes. eat at our conscience, what would it cost me to have sent him a letter or something in that day to just say, you know, I did this to you and I'm so sorry. I was foolish right. and immature, but it was mean and it was, it was hurtful to you. Wow. Just, it's like, it, can you imagine people like that in your life who would come back to you and you'd think they don't, they, they didn't even care and let to right. find that they, it's bothered them for years. We'll continue in this vein to just say the power and the value of setting somebody free uh, mm. from your displeasure, from the debt that they are into you. This ruins people's lives, not just you, but the person that you're holding in, yes. in contempt as if you're the judge. So that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there is absolutely people that I want to go back. No, I'm sorry. And then right, the opposite of like, did they have any idea like, <laughs> what that caused God. me? Yes, right. And and I think I think we're talking about such a wide scope here. And I think as listeners, we can also relate to the wide scope of this. Back to the I'm offended at this person or kind of even that list that you made, it's like, yeah, 42 people, those 42 people probably all didn't do something that was so dark and evil, right? No. It's just like, they might be kind of cold to you or unkind and like, you, you're just annoyed by them when they're around and you're just, they did this little thing and now you're kind of judgy towards them or whatever. Yes. My point is, is I feel like that happens all the time. Mm. And that to me is one of the most tricky deceptive foxes mm -hmm. that creeps in. I think, again, the thing that we think about, and I think, of course, we're going to discuss this, is those big unforgivenesses of major, deep, big T, you know, what they call big T, big trauma moments. Yes. Where it's like, we have to go back and forgive. And sometimes we have to continually go back. And we'll we'll talk about that because that's real. And that's yes. those are those are intense. But I will say sometimes what we're talking about that can be overlooked is is that right, those little subtle foxes of offense and bitterness that kind of go overlooked and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's not a big deal. No, I've forgiven mm -hmm. them. It's not a big mm -hmm. deal. Whether it be a friend, an organization, like say, let's say the church, right? Just uh right up there. Right. A specific church, a thing. And again, I want to make really clear. I know both my mom and I would say like, we're not minimizing that they actually did something, right? Yes. Like they very well could have actually done something and something that was super hurtful and painful. But maybe you're like, no, I've forgiven it. And we kind of minimize it and yes. block it out. But when we sit with the Lord, when we're talking to someone really close to us, what, what comes out, what bubbles out of us? What's our first go-to response yes. when we're discussing that person, that church, that leader, like what bubbles out of us? The Lord's giving me this picture lately. This root of bitterness and offense is truly like a disease that sets in yes. on this mighty oak tree. And it's like, we can notice it if it's big and then we're like, yeah, we're calling it out. But it's like this subtle disease that creeps yes. in of offense and bitterness towards just the people around us, the people we're living with, you know, the people in our community. And it is truly like a cancer mm -hmm. and a disease that eats us up, completely skews our vision and, and distorts the way that we see them, the way that we see the Lord. I mean, it affects everything. Yes. So yeah, I think we can all say that we've seen it in everybody. Like we've been around somebody who's been deeply affected. Maybe that's ourself <laughs> and judgment and offense and bitterness. And it's like, it's painful to be around that person because it's like they are trapped in this vortex mm. judgment and cynicism and bitterness. Yes. Um, and I think it's a really slippery slope that nobody's exempt. We can easily go there in a moment, you know? hundred percent, hundred percent. I love the, the sort of, passion you were feeling about how this is really a dark thing like that we all struggle with and that it can really begin to be like a poison to us and i want to agree with that and say just kind of one thing regarding we're always talking about body soul and spirit with the spiritual part of ours i, I just do want to say this and this isn't this is to encourage all of us not to in any way cast a judgment on anyone but i think part of this is that our lens in general, when we come to a subject like this, particularly, is that we can miss why this is such a big deal. So let's just start with this as a grid. Humility 
is like a foregone conclusion in the word of God. It's like, you are nothing. I am everything. I have no beginning and no end. I am the creator. I am the designer. I am perfectly holy. I have a son who is the only one of his kind and he is the same. So we, we don't quite get the fullness of that. So as the creature, we have to be reminded. And it's like, the word is almost like, I shouldn't even have to remind. This is so obvious. You are tiny and I am big. You are clay and I make you into something. Right. And so I think the juxtaposition of where our mindset should be is so vastly different when we're walking out our life. So I think having a major paradigm shift that another human being is no lesser or no greater than any other human being. There is no rival amongst ourselves because God sits above it all. And so I think as we kind of begin to think about that, You'll notice this if you start noticing in scripture that God is always proclaiming his greatness and how weak and how much we need him. So as a human being, there's no place that we have to judge another human being. The other thread you see in scripture, not just humility to finding God, but this idea of God's mercy, like his mercy. And and, and that's what he always deflects to is that's the first go to is his mercy. And so how we could even hold on to and actually act and believe as if we have a right to putting someone in prison when right. we ourselves, if I gave you the list, it'll, it's in my book, like in a story form, but you know, it's too much to take. If I listed all the bullet points of all the things I've done that are a sin against God and man. Yes. So, so the thing is, is where could I possibly stand in judgment of another person. So when I get, yes, I love that parable. Yes. Such a good picture of that. Yes. Well, tell the parable because it's on your mind. Well, now I forget where it is. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's in Matthew 18, but tell it. Oh, look at, look at you. Only Um, because I was, I, I, that's one of my scriptures. I wanted to say to everybody to read Matthew 18. Go for it. Well, I now I can't remember. I'm going to just paraphrase it. So the landowner has a slave and the slave can't pay back what he owes. And so the slave cries out for mercy and the landowner gives mercy. And he's like, yes, okay, I'll have mercy. I'll extend it. I see you and I hear you. And then that same slave goes to whoever's under him. And there's somebody that owes that same slave something. And of course the slave doesn't have any compassion. And I'm just so struck then with the landowner and he's just so, he's, there's such like a, like, how could you, how could you after all the mercy that I've extended to you? So I think that's the thing is what I keep asking the Lord for in my own heart is like, Lord, help me to see how much you've given me. Help me to see that. Because the more I see that, the more I see not how less I am, because yes, that's true, but also how much God has done for me. Then it's like, well, yeah, that's obvious. And I did want to share a quick little story that I actually just remembered. And it was a couple summers ago, mom, you'll remember when I was taking Mercy to summer camp and somebody rear-ended us. And it was like this young girl, not young. Okay. I'm getting old. She's probably like 20, <laughs> 22. And she rear the back of us. 
we were okay. But when we got out of the car, she was so upset. She was just so upset. She was like, oh, and there was a kid in the car. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she was just so upset. And in that moment, I couldn't even like, you know how just thoughts happen so fast, right? I was just overcome with just mm. compassion for this girl. Oh. And I was just like, oh my gosh, no, you're okay. You're totally okay. I'm like, I would have done the same thing. I've done that kind of thing all the time. You don't even know. There are literal angels around me because there's so much chaos happening in my car. I don't know how I don't die all the time, right? And I was just so able to see in that moment, I'm so like you. I even like texted mm. her. I got her phone number. I texted her later. I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I just feel so bad. I'm like, don't feel bad. I forgive you. It's totally okay. Truly, I would have done the same thing. I could have on any given moment, I would have done the same thing. And I feel like, again, that was so the Lord giving me that picture in that moment and that day. And I feel like I've thought about it a lot since then in the sense of when I start to want to be real judgy towards something or close to me or whatever, the Lord's like, remember that, remember that feeling of yes. like, oh, I could, I, on any given moment, I could do exactly what you're doing again. Yes. That doesn't justify it. It doesn't be okay. Because I could have done that too. It's just, you're off the hook. Exactly. That's not what I'm saying. Yes. But but there is this level of entering in to such empathy and compassion. I mean, it's interesting about that story too. I wasn't like, no, it's totally okay. You don't have to pay for the damage and we're not going to call insurance. And no, we still took the necessary steps that needed to happen. But my heart was so filled with love and compassion for this girl. Gosh, this is a great, great story in every way, because I think let's, let's pivot to that story right now, just to say that I think many of us out there and Mary and I completely understand that feeling of, gosh, if I let them off the hook, we'll move in now to things that are kind of maybe yes. more ongoing. So, right. so I think this is the biggest thing. And honestly, we don't have near enough time to cover this in a way that might be fully more helpful to you, but we're just always, these are seeds being planted so that you can maybe dive in more and maybe even look at our show notes. But all that to say that I think... The idea is that particularly when things are ongoing, how are we going to live in the midst of ongoing kinds of things? We're not going to necessarily call them abuse at this point or emotional abuse. We're just going to say ongoing irritations and triggers that just you can't seem to avoid. You can't, no matter what you do, either this person doesn't stop their behavior or your triggers won't be silenced from your original triggers which would yeah. go back to one to six, let's say, in your life. So you can't necessarily define them. It feels out of control, but this is repeatedly happening. And you just are saying, you know, I can't do this anymore. I, I know what that feels like right. to say that. We all do. And when we tell ourselves, I can't do that anymore, typically we might not be able to. And that might be a good sign to look at something bigger where we might need a break or a better boundaries. But yes. all that to say that, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is that we have capacity by God to love well. Read yeah. all of Matthew chapter five, Sermon on the Mount. Take it all the way through. It's all about personal relationships and how, how we can do something that seems impossible. But love and humility and mercy are the greatest motivators you'll ever have in your life for another human being. 
Yeah. So that we do have capacity. God can give us that because all of this is God. We're not loving. We're not merciful, right? We're full of judgment. We're full of irritation as our go-to as a human being that's completely like pond scum, meaning we have a lot of bacteria. We have sin that just permeates us in a culture that's permeated by self. But the thing is, is that we live from another realm. We live in two realms at one time. We can be moved on behalf of someone else. We can reach into God to say, God, I need your eyes. I need your lens. I need your compassion. I need your mercy. And I believe that God is able to do the impossible with ongoing irritations, with ongoing conflicts, so that we can continually release that person in a way that either says directly to them or we're showing, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Like I'm on your team, no matter what. I remember when Brad and I were so close to divorce at several times, one particular time we're sitting down and saying, I'll always love you. I'm for you. And, and because we both knew God, there, there were so many more things to it than that. But the point is, is Jesus is saying, it's possible to love your enemies. It's not just possible, but it's what I did for you. You were all my enemies. My father said, you're my enemies. And when you were still my enemies, he sent me to come and rescue you because you can't do it for yourself. That's the kind of love and compassion we had for you. Again, tap into that idea that God can extend his love to you. You're sort of borrowing his, right? Until it's fully integrated in you and you can give away the same compassion that God has given you. Yes, that's so good. And as we kind of wrap up, I feel like that is the takeaway because I think at the end of the day, whether it's huge trauma that happened in the past and we can never even, and this person passed away and we can't even discuss it with them, whether it's offenses in our hearts that are subtle against a leader, a mentor, a friend, a church, or whether it's this ongoing kind of irritation and just rubbing against us. It just feels like it's continually before us, either with a spouse or a child or a family member or a friend. Like no matter what it is, I just keep hearing, Lord, there's no solution outside of you doing that. I mean, we can even say while we're sitting in church or doing communion or just spending time with the Lord, Lord, I forgive this person. I forgive them. Lord, help me to forgive them. And then it's like, Two seconds later, when that person calls or does the same thing, I'm like, why do I feel (laughs) rage? And it's like, man, we can't not feel what we're feeling, right? I'm just, I want to forgive them. In theory, I really do want to, but I still feel so angry or so frustrated. And we've all heard, and I feel like I've been taught forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a choice. And I do believe that's true. And yet I also know the Lord does want to accompany in his time, as we continue to sit with him in this, just a measure of kindness and love towards that person. So I do feel like that is possible. Yes, it's a choice, but I do feel like it is a supernatural thing that happens when we are sitting with the Lord, sitting with him, giving it to him again, asking him, continuing to ask him, Lord, give me your eyes on this. Give me your heart on this. And I know somebody, some pastor I heard, he said something like, don't judge anyone 
until you have wept for them in intercession. Mm -hmm. And maybe you'd be like, well, that seems like an overkill. But the point of that is Mm -hmm. so real and so good of, okay, until we've been filled with a heart of compassion to weep for them and to be, Lord, fill me with your heart for them. Help me to see, see them the way that you see them and pray for them with your heart. Lord, I, I don't have any room to look at their faults, not minimizing, not justifying pain and trauma that's happened to you. But Lord, now help me to see them with your eyes after I've laid this down at the cross. Yes, that's exactly all well said for a conclusion and all these takeaways. You know, I I think at the end of the day, what we're holding on to so desperately is really destroying us and it's destroying the other person, even in the spirit realm in ways that we can't quantify. Releasing somebody else is setting yourself free at the same time. And I do believe what Mary said about our emotions. I think the more we really give ourselves to ask God, help me to see them the way you see them, help them the way I see my children that I would give my right arm or cut out my heart for. That's a little extreme, but you get what I mean. I I think that the idea is that there is a place that our emotions can catch up with what we begin to really believe and see. I think there's healing for you and for the person or the situation. There's nothing to lose but everything to gain by letting go of these offenses at the cross. And uh, this subject, as we said, is huge. We'll, We'll try to intentionally weave this into some of our other podcast shows in the future, knowing that this is not usually, not usually a one and done situation, totally depending on so many other things. It's complex and we admit that. And, uh, but we're just asking you, Hey, maybe just take a look, see, just ponder, ask God, is there any parts of this that are in me that are really shaping my story today in a way that I don't want it to be? That's shaping my story and the lens of my children as I model this before them. That is doing damage to my marriage that I might not be able to correct if right. I stay in this posture. An invitation to pause, to sit with God, and to invite him into your story today and into yesterday. We so value you and wish we could just sit with you and have a cup of tea together. And we just love to do that. I wish we could. So blessings to you guys. Yes. Have a lovely week. Yes. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.